So my friends, uh, this morning we hear the readings that are proper for the first Sunday of Lent. Every year for the first Sunday of Lent, uh, we have the readings of the temptation of our Lord in the desert, which is the pattern for our Lenten observance. We hear Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. We sang that in our opening hymn. And so we as the church are entering into the desert for these next uh, 40 days or just a little less than that now as we enter into this time of spiritual contest. That we are in this time where this is our uh, real time to engage uh, in the practices of asceticism, of really trying through practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that we heard about on Ash Wednesday. That this is what Lent is. That we, with Jesus, enter into the desert spiritually and seek to overcome the devil in our own life. And not just the devil, uh, but the three traditional enemies of uh, human flourishing, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, And so that's what we're seeking to overcome, the world, the flesh, and the devil, the different ways that through worldliness. I remember an early homily of Pope Francis where he said, worldliness is the enemy of Jesus, right? To be worldly, to just be so caught up with just the things of this world and just worldly fame and worldly happiness, it's the enemy of the Christian spirit because we don't live ultimately for this world. We live in this world. We make good use of the things of this world. We direct them to the glory of God. We can rightly enjoy them in a good way. But ultimately, we live for heaven and that we're looking forward to heaven. And this world is not all there is. The flesh, that we, are, uh, we have weak flesh and that just sometimes our, our base humanity can get the better of us and that this is a time to really um, uh, contest against that and to say what concessions have we made uh, to just purely material uh, comfort, to just personal fleshly uh, comfort and that we need to overcome those. We need to be a little bit more ascetical. We need to be a little bit more um, sparing uh, in one of our hymns. I don't know if we're singing it this week or in the future, um, but it's more sparing. Therefore, let us uh, make the food we eat, uh, no, the words we speak, the food we take, something like that. It's a nice little rhyme, right? But the idea is let's, let's be a little bit more sparing in these things, right? Um, I'm, I'm more than my stomach, <laughs> and if I, it, although it may take up a good portion of myself and my attention, I'm more than my stomach, all right? I'm supposed to be more than just this, this worldly comfort. And then the devil, that there actually is a devil who is out to trip us up. There, we actually believe the devil exists in the fallen angels, and that they are out to uh, trip us up. They're out to get us to go off path. And so we're not just, it's not just striving against ourselves. No, there's, a, there's an opposition on the court. I, I am really good at basketball. I maybe have used this example before. I'm really good at basketball if I'm the only person on the court, right? If I'm the, if I'm the only one there, I am really good. Um, but you put someone on the court trying to stop me from dribbling and shooting and rebound, I'm terrible. I can't do it at all, right? Well, we... We don't have the court all to ourselves. There's an opposition that's trying to trip us up, that's trying to stop us. And that's the devil and his fallen angels. And his age-old strategy is to sow division between us and the coach, who is God. 
That's what the devil wants to do, to stop us from trusting God. That's what he did right to our first parents, Adam and Eve. Did God really tell you not to eat all the fruit? No, of course not. And the devil knows that. He's subtle. He's not going to come right out and just hit us in the face, right? No. Didn't God, did God say, don't do any of those things? And, you know, Eve says, no. Um, no, just the one in the middle, right? Oh, well, God knows. If you eat that, you're going to be like him. And he doesn't want to share his God power with you. He doesn't want you to be like him. And so that's why. But if you eat it on your own, then you will snatch it away from God. And right there, it's distrust that is sowed between creator and creature. It's distrust that's sown between father and the sons and daughters. And that division between humanity and God is original sin. Through the pride of thinking that we're going to take what God wants to freely give us. God wants to give it to us. He wants to give us everything. He's not holding anything back. He wants to give it to us. And we, in, as human beings, distrust him and reach out and snatch what God wanted to freely give us out of pride. And that's original sin. And we still do that to this day. That I just want to take. God wants to give us ultimately happiness. And happiness is found ultimately in him. It's when we are in love with God, we are sharing his love for us, that's where true happiness lies. But we, as human beings, with the world and the flesh and then the devil on, as the opposition, we just try to make our own happiness. I will snatch my happiness away. I am not going to get up on time. I don't, I don't need to get up. On, I'm going to hit that snooze button. I'm going to a cold morning, and I don't want to get up. Uh, St. Joe's, it'll wait, right? I'm going to stay in bed at St. Francis. I'm not driving over to St. Joe's this morning. No, it's time to get up. It's time to go, right? I'm not going to snatch away because happiness is ultimately here in the Eucharist more than it is being under warm covers on a cold morning, right? That's where our true, hap- our true human flourishing is. And so that is um, the pro- that's the age-old struggle. And we enter into it now with Jesus, who entered the desert to be tempted. He went, we have failed, right? And basically going back to that basketball analogy, right? We're the little league team, and we just get trampled over by the devil and his minions. And Jesus is like LeBron James. I think I have to stop using Tom Brady analogy since he really retired this time, right? And so maybe I need to use LeBron James, right? Jesus is LeBron James. And he goes and he, the opposition doesn't stand a chance. He doesn't stand, the devil doesn't stand a chance at all now that Jesus is on the court, right? Now that Jesus is in the game. And then Jesus shows us. It's not just Jesus doing it for himself. Jesus shows and teaches us how we can win. We can see that the bully doesn't run the school ground. Rather, we, having seen someone stand up to the bully, we are strengthened. And we say, yeah, what am I doing letting myself get bullied by the devil? What am I doing thinking that this is all I'm living for? Jesus enters into the temptation in the desert to give us an example of how to be victorious, to show us. And then we should all be encouraged to follow in the same way.
Jesus strengthens each of us so that we too can overcome temptation in our own life. So we can overcome the disordered attachments to the world and the flesh and the opposition of the devil. That's how Jesus, in being tempted, strengthens us. And so that's what we're doing this Lent, right? This Lent, Jesus is on the court, and we want to get out there with him. We want to be there with Jesus, overcoming and taking our part in the struggle. And so each one of us in our own way, we know how we need to do that. Each one of us knows where we're being bullied by the devil and we are way too close friends with the world and the flesh. And then we say this Lent, you know, Jesus has already won the victory and we want to be part of that. We want to be part of the team. We don't want to just be sitting on the bench. We want to be on the court. And so let's ask our Lord for that grace to get out there, to get into the game and following his example to be victorious in this struggle, uh, to be victorious in this Lenten observance, and so share with him in the glory of victory.